This is Box to Box Stoppage Time with Rob Gilbert and Derek Dyson. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices. Changing the mood of food. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box Stoppage Time, our podcast where we discuss all the things we didn't get to in our main show earlier on the week, the highlights, the teams, the moments of the week and plenty more. And Derek Dyson is back. He's looking like he's got a little bit of that North Queensland sun um, and he's got a, a big, big show lined up for us. So Derek, uh, you... Um you uh, always go through a bit of a deep dive uh, to work out what the game of the week is. And I've got to concede that I wasn't across this game of the week that you've chosen uh, until you sent the highlights and then realised that it well and truly qualifies. It took a lot to knock off some of the other games of the week, uh, gents. I was commenting in the group during the week just how fantastic the Champions League was. Who says the Champions League group stages are, are dull? We had a Benfica four Juventus, three, um, you know, that knocked out a Juventus. And it was a fabulous game. And then I was going to go for Atletico Madrid, two, Bayern Leverkusen, two. The kind of story there was that Atleti crashed out of the Champions League at a stage that they're not used to. But it was the um, penalty given after the final whistle, which, uh, which drew me in. And then the absolute pinball of the penalty save, the follow-up hit in the bar and the other one. And I thought, well, that's got to be game of the week. But amazingly, the game of the week is a league that I don't think we ever cover on Box to Box, which is League One uh, in England. And it was Charlton 4, Ipswich 4. So on the surface, you think, okay, great, eight goals. Uh, That looks like a good game. But Four of the goals were in injury time, and I, I did send the YouTube clip around, and any audience should go to YouTube, just type in Charlton Ipswich, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, four goals starting in the 90 minutes, um, uh, and it was uh, the Tractor Boys, you thought that they had taken all three points by going 4-2 up in uh, in injury time, and their fans were going absolutely delirious behind the goal, only for Terrell Thomas to pull one back in the sixth minute of added time for Charlton. And you could see that their fans were thinning out a little bit as the game went on. They thought the game was done and dusted. And then George Dobson netted this dramatic equaliser in the 99th minute. It was absolute delirium in the stadium a ridiculous game and has to be the game of the week yeah it was uh, incredible i mean watch the highlights if, if you can because as you said the the uh the, the home crowd at the valley were uh, were well and truly uh um, thinning out uh, and 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 if you if you had been uh uncertain as to who was the home side you probably would have thought it was ipswich because their fans at the away end were were fairly crammed in but uh, uh the 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 way that um, that that game rolled out was uh, was just really incredible, and it just shows you, doesn't it, Derek? That uh, it doesn't matter uh, what level of football um, you're watching. That when you when when you've got a, a couple of teams engaged in a, in a, in a, a, a titanic clash that clearly is one for the ages, and uh, it it uh, it doesn't matter what level it's at, does it? Um, now, the team of the week, uh, we're going to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, aren't we? Uh, um, and um, we're going to look at, uh, at uh, um, well, one of the most expensive um, teams hmm. that there is uh, uh, compiled in, in any league in the world. Yeah, honourable mention must go to Brighton, who I thought were fantastic in their demolition, let's call it that, of 
uh, Chelsea as their former boss, uh, Potter came back and uh, really had his his backside um, handed uh, handed to him. Um, and also the Arsenal ladies, I should mention them quickly. They've won 13 league games in a row now. That is something to be noted. But I've gone for Paris Saint-Germain. And look, this is not the first time I've gone to them. And I, I do this with a bit of chagrin because, you know, I'm not, I know, I'm not a huge fan of the model and the project there. But just looking at their results over the past three games, um, they really truly are the, the, one of the form teams in Europe at the moment, and particularly their three star players. They had a, 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 a 3-0 win over a GCO uh, last weekend with two goals from Kylian Mbappe and one from Messi. And then in that Champions League round, it was Messi. They destroyed uh, Maccabi Haifa 7-1, two goals from Messi, two goals from Mbappe, one from Neymar amongst it, and they were mesmerising. It was absolutely shooting fish in a barrel stuff. And I just think if I was the Maccabi Haifa defence, I'd be absolutely terrified um, at the prospects of seeing that those three running at me with with such a land. They appear to have put any kind of disputes or politics behind them, and they're just cruising because they then went into a game that could have been the game of the week uh, against Troy, um, but they won 4-3 Paris Saint-Germain at home. And of course, who was on the score sheet? Messi, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar again, uh, all on the score sheet. They have scored 43 goals between them this season. I know that um, our friend uh, Erling Braut Haaland is trying to do this all single-handedly, um, but it did restore PSG's five-point advantage at the top of League uh, And I hate to say it, gents, they do look very good. And haven't they all been very, very friendly in the Instagram photos post-match with their kits off in the dressing room, Derek? All three yes. of them, all smiles, no dramas and plenty of goals, as you say. We'll see how long that one lasts. Uh, I've got a team of the week, if you'll indulge me. It's more of a, a team of the month. It has to be uh, Bayern Munich. We know they had a bit of a slow start this season under Julian Nagelsmann. No Robert Lewandowski and adapting to not playing with that true number nine uh, was a means of concern. And we know that they're not top. But in October, they played nine games, eight wins, one draw, 36 scored, eight conceded. They beat Barcelona 3-0 uh, and they've progressed from what many thought and it probably was the uh, the Champions League group of death uh, of Inter, Barca and Pilsen with a game to spare. Uh, and Julian Nugglesman, Derek, let's not forget, he's still only 35. So a big, big uh, month of October for Bayern Munich. We know Union are still top, but they've, yes. uh, they've poked the bear in a big way. Yes, I noticed Union was still top, Willem, after our uh, guest on last week. Um, what a what a fantastic uh, interview uh, he was. And um, yeah, but Bayern Munich, as you said, quite frightening for the rest of Europe. They are now well and truly hitting their straps. Now, um, the moment of the week, gentlemen, there, there were any number of them. I mean, as we, we sort of build up to the uh, to, to the World Cup, uh, uh, look, I had uh, one which, uh, which I thought was... Uh, uh, one that might even lead the show at one point, and that was the the four one victory of, uh, of Yokohama F Marinos uh, over Urawa. Help me, will I? They are renowned as being one of the tougher teams <laughs> around the world to say Urawa Red Diamonds, Ur- yeah, Ur- but it's hard in a sentence. Urawa, exactly. Urawa Red Diamonds, of course. So second last game of the J League, and uh, and they get the job done full. And after losing to two relegation threatened teams, and uh, and all they need to do is to to get a point out of the the final uh, uh, match of of the season. To, for Kevin Musket to win the, the J League, but but Derek, that wasn't your moment of the week. It uh, it was uh, from the Champions League. Um, a young rising star from a club you don't uh, make a habit of praising. 
Well, quite. And people could probably accuse me of being, this is a slightly um, a slightly underhand way of undermining Spurs, as I try to do uh, on every show, or at least I, I always end up doing on every show. But this is the Champions League game between Spurs and Sporting Lisbon. And the player that put Lisbon into a deserved lead in that game was a young man called Marcus Edwards. He's 23 years old and the Spurs fans and certainly the hierarchy of Spurs would remember this guy because he joined Spurs at the age of eight um, and he was dubbed a mini the mini Messi. I mean, that's a terrible moniker to, to give anybody, but he was um, highly, highly praised and thought of and was seen as a rising star at the club. But club actually, uh, Spurs actually let him go. Didn't think he was going to, you know, make the grade. He had some time at Norwich, Excelsior, uh, Vitória de Guimarães in uh, uh, Portugal and fair dinkum, like not a lot of England players or English players head overseas like that, you know, like Eric Dyer and a few others, a few of the, a few players that have ended up in Germany. But this, uh, this is not an easy road. He's not in Dortmund's youth team academy and it was an easy decision. He had to sort of slum it a bit with all due respect to Excelsior and Vitoria. But he then made it to Sporting Lisbon and then into the Champions League um, and, he, and he scored the goal. And even though Tottenham managed to get the equaliser and there was another brilliant moment at the end of that game too. There was the, you know, our favourite gents. We've gone all this show so far without mentioning VAR, but let's <laughs> ring the VAR bell because that Harry Kane goal um, had to suck that one up and go. That was just a ludicrous decision for giving offside there when clearly the the defender had touched the ball quite significantly towards Harry Kane and and, and he put it in. Um, but it's uh, it's just a very special story for... Uh, Marcus Edwards, he played at England under 16 to England 20, under 20s. He's clearly, clearly a player of uh, great potential. And that, that group in the Champions League looks amazing with Spurs, Lisbon, Frankfurt and Marseille can all qualify in the final round of games. But well done, Marcus Edwards. And Willem, you've got a contribution to, to Moment of the Week, mate. Yeah, similarly, it comes around a, uh, a childhood, uh, a boy, a player at a boyhood club coming good. It's at the other end uh, of their career, though, and it comes from the Estadio Centenario in Montevideo, where the Socceroos wrote a famous chapter in their history in 2005. Luis Suarez scoring a double in the uh, the final to win uh, the Uruguayan Primera Division with his side Nacional. Uh, he won it in 2005-2006 before his move to the Netherlands with Roningen and then Ajax, and we know what follows uh, from there. So that was his second title with his boyhood club. Uh, 49th in total uh, for Nacional. He's been a, a divisive player, but uh, a, a brilliant player. No one could deny him that. I was having a look through his record and just a staggering amount of goals uh, at some of the very biggest clubs in the world. Uh, and he's also got the uh, the beautiful romantic bookend uh, of his career, Derek, to uh, to lift the title with Nacional at the start and at the end. It's a, it's a fairy tale. Um, and yeah, fair play to Suarez, an excellent career um, and I was close to putting the Copa Libertadores as well as a moment of the week too You're from the same continent of course uh, Flamengo actually won that for only the third time in their history so well done to them as well. And, uh, and moving on to the hot topic of the week um, channeling your inner Tony Gregg Derek um, a topic that uh, did surprise me a little but on reflection um, you know there's some depth to it uh, sporting memorabilia and uh, as we watch you uh, in in your uh, your man cave um, I know uh, there are a couple of uh, of iconic shirts from from your footballing uh, uh, life uh, hanging over your shoulder 
Absolutely. Well, I, I brought this one to everyone's attention this week because uh, Sergio Aguero, Aguero's goal that he scored, that famous goal in for a friend of the show, Martin Tyler, with his famous commentary um, in that game against QPR to uh, win uh, City their first title in, what was it, 44 years. And that shirt's going under the hammer um, this weekend or this week. Um, and it has quite an interesting story behind it. Apparently, Balotelli had the presence of mind to ask for the shirt, but very Balotelli style. He left it in, in a bag in the changing oh. room, which he subsequently forgot about and then went to the Manchester City training ground to see whether anyone would claim it there. Balotelli didn't claim the shirt. So the Manchester City kit man uh, took it out and he donated it, champagne and all, to the National Football Shirt Collection. Um, and it's a number 16 shirt and it's, it's uh, you know, going to fetch at least £20,000. And and first of all, I thought, God, if I had £20,000, I'd I might just buy that because that, that's a piece of um, iconography that's not going to lose any uh, lose any value over the years, despite me not supporting the club. But um, it, it made me think of my own my own um, sporting memorabilia too. But Rob, is that uh, twenty thousand pounds? Is that good value? Would you, you would you be in for that shirt? I, I think so. I think compared to what, what did the what price did Maradona's uh, shirt go for? The famous hand of God uh, wasn't that seven point eight? I think seven point eight yeah. million. Yeah, so for wow. twenty thousand um, dollars, I'd be more than happy to go your halves uh, in that direction. We'd sort of yeah, you know, share maybe box, to, maybe box to box, maybe a, a syndicate. Maybe we could all put four K in, and we can uh, <laughs> see it as an in, see see it as a a, fu- a future investment. Um, but yeah, look, you you did um, talk about my memorabilia, and I thought it was a chance to let the audience in on maybe some of what we've got. Uh, yes, I do have a few bits and pieces on the wall, but it's not actually what you can see here. It's on another wall. I've got a a pendant, you know, one of these things that, I don't know if they still do this in international football, but at the start of the game, the two captains generally hand over this kind of pendant, which is like, and it got the insignia of the the national team on there. Well, they used to do that in, in English football. And my dad was given it by someone he used to work with. He didn't even support Arsenal and said, oh, look, if you want it, it's just in a box in my, in my attic. And it's actually signed by the 1989 Arsenal team that won famously at Anfield. Sorry, Rob, it's that, it's that squad with uh, Alan Smith and, and Michael Thomas and David O'Leary and, and Tony Adams. And that sits proudly um, on uh, on my wall. And uh, yeah, it's just a great piece of Arsenal Arsenal history. But Rob, I know you were sharing a, sharing a few things as well. Yeah, well, look, I know, I mean, I was gagging about Tony Gregg earlier on and uh, um, you know and I, I don't want to discredit um, uh, framed sporting memorabilia that's created uh, for for special um, commemorations and you know limited to you know sort of 10,000 items and all the rest of it but uh, in in all seriousness um, you know some of them do have uh, have value but it's the personal ones like uh, you you talked about that being something and um, and and amongst you know twenty years of uh, of covering football on the radio uh, uh, the A League and, and the national side and, and and mainly filing sports reports and going to press conferences etc uh, the one piece of uh, of memorabilia that uh, that I've uh, I've uh, kept and I always know where it is is my accreditation from the uh, the two thousand and five Australia Uruguay uh, qualifier at um, at Homebush and. Uh, um, it's uh, it's uh, 
all it is is uh, an accreditation in a lanyard, uh, but it, it, it just tells the story of that night for me and uh, it's uh, it's sitting there and it's one of those ones you know that you're going to do something with um, I've, I've got to uh, get the photo get it signed hopefully by as many of the team as possible um, maybe somehow or other I could finagle Hus to, to sign it um, and uh, I mean look to um, uh, to be fair the only thing that um, that, that sucked the, the air out of my tyres was when I, I put it up on our WhatsApp chat and uh, and 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 the uh, the response I got from our uh, our friend over in Qatar was that it lost its value because the sponsor name was on it. So I did laugh when I saw that. Because I, little I insight, mean, a little insight uh, for our listeners on the machinations of our group chat. Yeah, exactly. There was absolutely uh, nothing wrong with the uh, with the accreditation. It just says power aid in quite discreet letters, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's a magnificent bit of uh, personal memorabilia. Yeah, it is, isn't it, mate? And, uh, but it, but it's uh, it's Edge. We know you're listening. And you, uh, you, you paid on it, mate. So I just thought I'd mention it anyway. But well, I mean, you, you've been busily um, uh, taking something down off the wall there behind you, and uh, uh, I know our listeners aren't going to be able to see it, but um, maybe, maybe you could, we could take a photo of these things and throw it up on our Twitter account. Yeah, just a couple of things here. The first one, probably more in terms of Derek's angle, in terms of memorabilia that would have uh, value to uh, lots of people, not just a personal thing. Uh, it's not football related. I have a collection here of from 1992 uh, playing cards of every Ashes winning captain through from Arthur Shrewsbury through to Alan Border. Uh, but that is not football related. One that is football related that doesn't mean much to anyone but means a hell of a lot to me here is my or are my framed World Cup tickets from Russia 2018. Oh, yes. Uh, which my mum framed for me for my 21st birthday when I got home. Uh, France, Australia, Portugal, Morocco, Denmark, Australia, Belgium, Tunisia, and Australia, Peru. And that, for me, is a physical representation of waking up at 4.30 in the morning, getting on my bike from Murrumbina to Moorabbin, riding to the Peter Boucher Butcher Factory and working away all day, getting that cashola and getting over to Europe to uh, to the Socceroos to meet Michael and join Box to Box and watch my career sort of go from there. So uh, I look back on that with great fondness. So every day when I have a look at it, uh, and unfortunately, they're not doing physical tickets for this World Cup, so I'm going to have to go and shake someone in Qatar and make sure that they can print them out for me and uh, make a replica in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, what a fantastic piece. So that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about. These are the, the things that, that, that really mean something to you personally from from your life and connect you to, to football and, uh, you know, whether it's Derek's pendant or, or your uh, your tickets or, or my uh, my accreditation. They're those sort of moments that, uh, uh, you know, that, that, of themselves, they, they don't have a, a, a literal value, but they um, they mean uh, a lot more than, than money to, to all of us, don't they? Let's um, well, f- fellas. Let's um, let's bring it home. Um, it's been a uh, a nice and tight uh, edition of stoppage time this week. Um, Derek, um, uh, only counting down the days for the World Cup. I'm looking forward to. It. There's a couple more rounds of club football before then, and some Champions League. Yes, I just read somewhere there's only two games for Arsenal between now and the start of the World Cup. So that's two games to go into the. Uh, the the uh, the World Cup as the champions of the first part of the season. <laughs> nice one, and uh, and well, let me start packing your bag um, for that trip to Qatar. I have indeed. I have received here my 100 year anniversary Socceroos scarf, Rob. I told you that given that the replica kit is full New South Wales blue, there's no way in hell I could possibly put that on. So I'll make a compromise and I'll wear the scarf. It's got a little bit of blue there with a bit of bit of white and a bit of the uh, the Queensland maroon as well. So yep, yeah. getting ready. Very yeah. excited. 
I like that. Good stuff. Well, you'll be here for uh, um, just a little while before you go. And you're going to be joining us from from the trip as well and following some reports as well. All right, fellas, well done until next week. Damien Tardia, thank you for pressing the buttons again. Last week he was the man uh, in the hot seat. Uh, he will be back again uh, as uh, as Willem does head off. Please make sure you subscribe to Box to Box. Box to Box Stoppage Time and Box to Box Offside, wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a great edition of Box to Box Offside with Ron Smith. Keep a look at that, out for that in your feed during the week. Tweet us at Box to Box NTS and follow us on Twitter and make sure you like us on Facebook as well. And join us throughout the week as our podcasts drop and we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game.